Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Infinite Boost Podcast. I said this months ago, but I had the goal of doing the most episodes that I've ever done in a row, and this is number 20. Number episode 20 in a row, my previous record was 18. I'm thrilled to be getting to 20 as we're nearing the end of the year. And for this episode, I am joined by Raptor. Thank you so much for joining me here on the show. Thank you for having me, Tom. How's it going? It's it's going very well. How are things going for you? Going pretty great. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, I'm I'm glad to have you. I appreciate you coming to join me on short notice. So why don't we just hop right into it and and tell me a little bit about your Rocket League story. Mm. Okay, well, I got into the game about late 2019, maybe September, November-ish. Uh, one day, my my best friend just hit me up, and he's like, he's like, hey, you should try out Rocket League. So I hopped in. He was like a silver at the time, so you could imagine I got absolutely destroyed. We were playing a private match, but it was so much fun. I just couldn't put the game down after that. What was so fun about it for you? Uh, well, it was definitely the intangibles at first. I mean, things that you can't necessarily explain, but I did like the skill aspect, how it wasn't like you got auto-aim or anything. You just, whatever you did with your car, that's what translated into the game. Wherever you hit the ball, that's where it went. Mm -hmm. So that was nice. What kind of games were you into before, or what kind of, do you... Is has Rocket League become like your your mainstay, the only thing that you do, or do you still play other games? And and how was life before Rocket League in terms of gaming? Mm, honestly, before Rocket League, I'd taken a little break from gaming. I used to be really into Forza and racing games. Also played some survival games like Ark uh, and Minecraft as well. But but yeah, Rocket League's my game now. There's no going back. I I can understand that feeling. So 2019, you're kind of a, a late starter as well. Then, mm -hmm. how many about how many hours have you put in in the past two years of of playing Rocket League? Mm, well, I don't know exactly because I was on console for the beginning portion. But sure, on Steam I have maybe 800, I think, and oh. console maybe. 1200 so i'd say like 2000 maybe 2200 hours that's what i would put myself at and where are you rank wise now uh right now well this season i've been an absolute slacker just playing casual and hoops but uh <laughs> my peak is around 1650 i wouldn't i mean i don't know i would take a few uh, a little bit of time to get there mm -hmm. again to get up to speed but i do feel like i'm playing some great rocket league i haven't I haven't really gotten up to that this season yet, though. Have you played ranked, though, this season? I have. I've been playing some threes right now. I'm like 15-50, trying to okay. get that up. Uh, I've My twos are pretty low. They're like 1,500. And I just played some ones placements yesterday. So, yeah, we're getting there. And what would you say is like your main playlist? Mm, well, I'd say that when I first got started, it was definitely 1v1. But recently, mm. I've been having internet issues, so I've had to play twos and threes more that way. It's just I'm not, you know, I'm not completely out of the game. Right. Mm -hmm. So what was it that drew you to ones when you first started playing? 
Uh, I'll be honest, that was when I first got into Rocket League is when Johnny Boy had his Salt Mine tournament. Mm. And yeah, I remember watching that. I don't I don't even remember how I found it, but every single day on my lunch break at work, I'd watch the new match that was out. And I just remember seeing Khaled destroying everyone and looking <laughs> up to him so much. Just that run of dominance that he had. And the other players too. Uh, later I learned more about Fairy Peak and his history. I just looked up to them so much. And that's really what got me uh, hooked on ones. So I I still consider myself a ones main even though I'm not really a ones main these days. But you know, in my heart I'm a ones main. I, I think that there is some benefit to kind of getting sucked into ones in that way because you you gain the appreciation for the game of ones and so the normal frustrations that come along with playing 1v1 is is just kind of like par for the course instead of something you have to figure out how to stomach your way through yeah absolutely it helps you deal with pressure too and just um you know even in solo queue ranked what you do yourself is a lot of times more important than what you do with your teammates. Obviously, you need to have teamwork, but you can only really control the game if it's you on defense. So mm-hmm. that's the way I like to see it. And and honestly, sometimes the best form of teamwork can just be staying back on defense and playing a little bit more. I don't want to say discipline per se, but mm-hmm. just like staying back and allowing your teammates to do whatever the heck they're going to do. And you can kind of just make sure that they don't get punished too badly for those things that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely so you're, just backing them up. Yeah, so not necessarily even looking for passing plays or looking to play with them, just making sure that, you know, you're almost babysitting the goal so that, uh, you know, nothing too bad happens when they just want to cut you every single play. <laughs> yeah. Well... I mean, you definitely do have to be a team player if you're playing twos and threes. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as defense, yeah, you can definitely carry a team on defense. It's a lot easier to carry on defense, in my opinion, than on offense. And I, I feel like, uh, well, and I think, you know, since you're, gosh, what, about 200 to 250 points higher than me right now, do you feel like, in where you are in your rank, you could play a more conservative, play a little bit farther back and just wait to kind of clean up and still continue to win games? Or is that not really a viable strategy? Are you talking about like in, in 1500-ish? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I will say that the difference between like low GC and mid GC is actually pretty big. Like if you, especially if you're a ones player and you have a little more experience like reading people, not necessarily just for ones players, just, you know, if you're patient, you'll end up getting the ball a lot and you're not always challenged immediately. So on mm-hmm. the times that you're not challenged, you can really make the most out of it if you have the mechanics. I feel like in my games most recently, and I am also guilty of, but do not feel any guilt because of my massive amounts of casual games this season i am ranked in threes but i've been playing very little ranked matches um i feel like where i'm at right now 
uh, and I would say, you know, in threes, I'm at like 1370, like high, high champ three or like mid champ three. Mm-hmm. The thing that I run into personally is that I play pretty patient because, or play farther back because I just want to make sure that I'm ready for those long clears. Mm-hmm. And the issues that I run into is that I'm not able to do enough with the ball when I get the ball to then turn it into a possession or turn it into an opportunity. So it's more my mechanics are lacking or my skill in maneuvering the ball is lacking more than like decision-making or, or, you know, my ability to be patient on the field. Mm-hmm. How, okay. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. I was going to So I think you know how much how much did that starting off at a ones level or playing so much ones how do you think that's benefited you now as you know you're playing more twos and threes and you've gotten into that GC like that mid GC area. What are the kind of what are things that you could look back on that you've learned from early, early on as you were on that grind that are really benefiting you now? Uh, I think awareness of the players on the field is definitely one of them because one of the main skills that you learn from ones is knowing how to do something with the ball at the same time as watching your opponent. So obviously it takes it takes some getting used to, right? Like, And I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm perfect at it, but in my opinion, I do feel like like I have a decent idea of where my teammates are, where the opponents are. Like if I see one of the opponents disappear from view, I know he might be coming to bump me. And if I'm last man, that's something to be careful about. So that's that's one thing, you know. Another thing is just the mechanics because you get so much time on the ball. And I'm just parroting what what all the the one v one main pros and Johnny boys say. Um, but it it really is true. You get so much time and so much practice with shots and flicks and dribbles that when you get those opportunities where you need to be clutch your chances of hitting them are are a lot higher because you've practiced it a lot more so let me ask you this then because in free play you obviously get plenty of time on the ball to work on flicks uh, Mm -hmm. bounce shots things of that nature and for those people that play twos more that play threes more i feel like there are opportunities to get those shots in games obviously they aren't as plentiful do you feel like there is some kind of benefit that you could get from ones and attempting those in ones even though you might get more time to set them up in a ones game than you would in a twos or threes game that can still lead to benefiting you in threes does that does that make sense yeah yeah definitely Uh, i feel like the difference is pressure because when you're first learning how to do something like a double tap or just a, a regular power shot, it's a lot different in free play because you have all the time to think about it. And so you might be able to hit something in free play or in custom training, but when you get that kind of opportunity in a match, it's different because the opponent's charging you down. You know, you don't have that same setup every single time. And I think that ones is like that middle ground. You only have one opponent to think about. Mm-hmm. So you get to you know, you still have some pressure on you, but it's a little bit softer than just getting charged in threes. So I feel like it does help you because 
you know, there's other factors that you think about when you're setting up a shot, like what angle the opponent's coming from, things like that. And you get a little bit more of a chance to to gently get into it in ones than maybe in twos or threes. It's almost like an intermediate pressure. Yeah, definitely. I've never I've never really considered it like that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And that's yeah, that's one of the experiences that I had when I was trying to learn new mechanics. I would always tell myself, why why can't I hit this double tap? I can do it in free play. I can do it all day in free play, but why can't I do it in a game? And then I started realizing, well, you know, you have limited boost your position, you have to deal with what you're given in the game. So your mechanics have to compensate for that. You have to have more control over it. And it's that pressure. Yes. Yeah, I definitely can uh, agree with you there that just the idea of executing something in free play and a game are extremely different. I think that for me, or at least the way that I've always thought about it, and I guess by think, I mean validate my lack of desire to play ones, is that that pressure still exists in a twos game or a threes game. So mm-hmm. I'm getting that, I'm getting the pressure that I would get in a ones game, but still have the comfort of somebody behind me or something to that effect. But when you are working on like bounce shots or flicks or something like that, the idea that you would only have one person on the field that is bothering you as opposed to two or three people on the field getting in your way is it's, it's like, Hey, we do want to provide this kind of pressure of game performance, but you might get a little bit more time than you would if it were just in a twos or threes game. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's like training wheels the way i like to think of it yeah then you just got to figure out how to get over the idea of well let me let me ask you as as you were playing these games you know so many people said well it's just so frustrating because there's nobody to back you up or it's so toxic or whatever you know whatever people might have in terms of why they don't want to play ones when you Mm -hmm. started playing ones a lot what was your mentality going into it? What were some of the frustrations that you found early on? And how did you work with yourself through those so that you could continue to play and continue to improve? Mm. Well, I had a little bit of special motivation. So I, I'm a little bit competitive at times. I hate losing. So every time I'd play a 1v1 with my friend that got me into the game, he would just absolutely clap me. And, and I hated that. I mean, I had fun, right? But I didn't like getting destroyed. So that was my motivation. I just wanted to beat him in a 1v1 match. And that's that's really what drove me in the beginning. And yeah, I mean, people are toxic in ones, and it's more pressure. But if I ever got into that mood, I would usually just turn off chat or like take a little break or something. You know, it's not that bad. It's really just what you want to make of it. Mm-hmm. I am I'm strongly considering joining the uh turning off chat gang. Usually mm-hmm. I, I I try to be like oh, you know, like I don't want to put myself in a bubble and act like people like that don't exist. I don't I don't know if it's I want to punish myself, not literally punish myself, but if I just want to like 
I don't want to insulate myself from that or I don't want to forget that stuff like that exists. But I've just been so hesitant or resistant to like turning off chat. But I'm getting to the point and maybe I'm just getting too old and crabby now that it's just like, why is it even worth it? You know, or like, what is what is the point? It's it just it's not even funny anymore. Now it's just like, why why is this happening? So I am strongly considering trying the whole turning off chat and yeah, it's great. But, but then then I I I feel like I I'm gonna go through this phase of FOMO where I'm like, is that guy saying something? What's what are they typing in chat that now I can't even see that, you know, they're just getting away with without me knowing it. But yeah. Yeah. For I me, it Oh, good. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, for me, it definitely depends on the day. Like there's just a, those days when I'm not having it. Um, <laughs> if I, if I still want to play rocket league, I just got to turn off chat. I already know, but there's other days where I can kind of laugh it off and like play into it. And I think something that helps too is, knowing that usually people are just trying to troll you and they're trying to get that reaction out of you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if they make you upset, you're letting them win. So you can kind of just play into it and return the banter to them. You know, there's a difference between banter and toxicity, right? Oh, so for sure. Yeah, if it's just banter, it is what it is. It might make you a couple what it saves. They might be frustrating, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah, I think last night I was playing with some friends and I can't remember what somebody on the other, like somebody said something on the other team and I just like casually responded with some like little quip and he just like mm -hmm. left the game. Oh, and that like sometimes they, they can't handle it. When you're not angry back or when you're not like really just mean back, they're just like, wait, hold on a second. I don't know how to handle myself. And then they just kind of like shut down. One of my teammates in a game that I played like right before we started this uh, said something like, can either of you guys, because we lost the game 0-1. And he was, can either of you guys finish a shot, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, sometimes. And then he said a couple more things and just left the lobby because we all just kind of sat there and we're like, okay, what else, you know? some mm -hmm. yeah i'm i think i think i just gotta continue to let it roll off my shoulder but i i've been a bit frustrated with my rocket league game recently because i've been mm -hmm. noticing my misses more and i think that's what makes me a little bit more crabby about when other people are crabby with me like i'm already giving it to myself i don't need it from you too bucko yeah absolutely uh, i had an interesting experience like that the other day uh, I was in a threes game, and you know, you know the player that thinks that that they're God's gift to the Rocket League server, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> there was a guy like that. He was every time I'd I did make a few bad misses that game. It is what it is, right? It happens. But he would hit me with a with a woo or like something oh, like that. Oh yeah. Uh huh. And I just told him, and then he was like, "Man, you can't make Raptor up right now." And I was like, "I was like, yeah, man, I'm not gonna waste time arguing with you." And then after that. I kind of popped off and and we secured the game and he just he kept hitting me with a nice shot. I'm like, nah, man, I ain't gonna forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't be friends with me now. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, work that way. Nah, it's yeah. all good though. I uh, 
the worst the worst is when you get to like a two or three goal lead like super early in a game and mm-hmm. two of your opponents just start going after each other <laughs> and they're just going and going but for whatever reason you can't score another goal and then it gets to like a minute left and all of a sudden they pop off two goals really quick mm-hmm. and then yeah, they come back they come back you lose in overtime and all of a sudden they're just like buddy buddy uh i don't i don't think there's anything more frustrating in rocket league than not being able to close out a game where literally two people are just trying to sabotage each other yeah that's kind of the thing too whenever you go up early in the game at least i do i just feel like man we could lose this and then that just looms on my shoulders but it is frustrating but it's you play rocket league five minutes at a time yeah then you just in the past then you just queue another game and forget that it ever happened well, you can. It doesn't always go like that, but you can. <laughs> I, yeah. Sometimes I do hit exit lobby and then quit and then forget that the game completely exists. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, we always come back, don't we? That's healthy, though, you know? You can't be burned out. No. You're, you're certainly right about that. Uh so let's let's go back to the ones a little bit more. And as you as you first got into the game, mm-hmm. what were some of the initial skills that you worked on to rank up? What were some of the first things you noticed in your game that you really feel like led to a good amount of improvement? Hmm. Well, man, I don't know what like silver and bronze are like right now. But but when I was a, like a silver, if you could hit the ball on target, it was just a goal every time because nobody had any defense. <laughs> so, yeah, the first thing was just practicing those shots, putting them on net. You don't even have to, you know, if you're a, a silver, you don't even have to flip into the ball all the time. Sometimes just driving into it is okay if you, if you do it right. Um, I think that was one of the first things I figured out. And then as you get into, like, gold and plat, if you hit the ball hard, then it goes in because no defense right <laughs> but that's that's what i can remember from from those times it was a while back though yeah. and sure how did you deal. how did you establish that skill though like what where did you spend most of your time playing did you were you training packs at all free play or was it just games at that point oh it was a whole lot of training packs um i i would always watch youtube and everyone says you spend half your time in, in training and the other half playing. So I was playing games, but I was very committed to getting better. So I was definitely hitting those, uh, like ground shots training pack, you know? Pukido? Yes, sir. Okay. Is that something you still spend any time on now? Um. Yeah, I definitely do. Like yesterday, I must have spent about an hour in training and then like two hours in games. So not as much, but... You still have to to put the time in if you want to get better, and you can always improve the fundamentals. That's the way mm-hmm. I see it. What are the What are the big things you're working on now? Mm, right now, um, I don't know if if you get what I'm saying, but you you remember like when Khaled would do those bounce dribbles where he just kind of catch the ball without it touching the floor and then bang it at 70 miles an hour in the top like the top corner. Yeah, I mean that's that's what Johnny always says. He's you know, famous for, he's the best at. 
Yeah, so that's actually what I've been mostly focusing on right now. Just trying to get those clean hits. Like, you know, when you flip, the, the corner of your car goes up and gets the lift on the ball. And it doesn't really make sense, but but that's how you get that power. And it's it's an easy concept, but it's so hard to do every time. And with Wait, control. so when Khaled is taking an actual shot, he's not hitting that off of a bounce? Um, well, sometimes he does, but when he does those scary bounce dribbles, he's actually bouncing it off of the top of his car. It's sometimes like some of the times it's not even touching the ground. He's just like a little touch to keep it up, another one. And yeah, I spent so much time looking at them trying to figure out how he does it. But it's just that tight control that he has to where he can at any moment just turn and bang it. It's crazy. Wait, so sometimes those aren't even touching the ground? Yeah, if you, if you go back and watch those old show matches, you'll see how he bounces it off his car. Whoa, yeah. that's wait, that's kind of blowing my. I mean, that's kind of blowing my mind right now. Mm-hmm. That's how he's able to keep it so close. You know, when somebody, uh, I remember Johnny talking about how he always had options, so they were nobody was able to turn in and challenge him because he always had the ball close enough to hit it over them. Mm -hmm. And it's because he wasn't bouncing it off the ground. He was bouncing it off his car. How do you even do that? Uh, find control. <laughs> Is that something that you can do? Um, I can't do multiple touches like he does. I've done it a few times. But I can usually do like one controlling touch into a shot without touching the ground. And why aren't, why aren't other people doing this? Well, a lot of people are. I think it's just one of the finer things that that isn't really talked about because it's not a flip reset. Um, sure. But if you, I remember when I first got into GC and ones, there was this dude that absolutely destroyed me, right? And he was just banging everything off his car, and it it's interesting like the he took almost no time to set it up, so I took the time to look at his replay. And I, I saw that he was, like, the way that he was hitting it with his car, it was like that, and it just made sense. And I just needed to figure out how to do that, you know? And have you, is is this something you're still working on now, then? Um, Yeah, definitely. I, I always want to improve on it. Uh, but, but, yeah, just shots in general, and, like, that first touch is so important. And there's so many different ways that you could take it. That that's something that I'm definitely always working on. Mm -hmm. So let's let's get down to the most important question. Probably, did you did you ever beat your friend that got you into the game? Yeah, it took me like two months. <laughs> oh, so not really that long. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it was it was kind of unfair to him because he was getting married, so he didn't have as much time. But um, that's actually, just an excuse. Yeah, it's true. She she needs to understand her. She's not the one, right? Right. Yes, one hundred percent. No, um, I still play with him. He's he's actually a a champ too on his own now, which is pretty good. He's made a lot of progress. Um, so I actually wanted to mention that I had another friend that gave me motivation as I kept on improving. Is that something that you'd want to talk about? Sure. Okay. So. Well, um, when I was about Diamond, 
I met another friend that was GC and so I got that same feeling of wanting to beat him in a 1v1 over again and that's what kind of propelled me to this point that I'm at now. Okay. Uh I don't know if I skipped something chronologically you can No, <laughs> you can I'm, guide that. No, not at all. I'm I'm I guess I suppose like I I am intrigued to see what that process was like, especially, you know, for somebody that was that far ahead of you or mm -hmm. the had you already beat the other guy at this point? Yeah, so the way it went was he introduced me to the game. I beat him like, you know, two months ago or or two months after uh, he introduced me. And then it was probably like another year until I met the next guy. And I was just grinding out ones, still trying to improve, going through the ranks, you know? Mm -hmm. But you were diamond and ran into a GC. Was this just like in a casual lobby or how did this interaction occur? No, it was actually my friend that got me into the game. He introduced me to that friend because it was a mutual friend of his. Okay. He's like, I'm not good enough for you now, but now I'm going to introduce you to the true final boss. <laughs> um, it was more like somebody introduced him uh, to him, and then he's like, he's like, dude, we got to meet this guy. Uh, I I met a guy who's a GC here. Like, let's play with him, and that's how it all started. I see. So it seems that you get a lot of motivation through other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the competition. So have you have you beat this guy now? Yeah, it didn't take very long, but <laughs> <laughs> But he's G C and you were Diamond, so there's there's a bigger difference there, right? Yeah, so the the first time we won V one it's a little bit of a funny story. Um he he's not a a ones main, he never has been. And I, I was grinding one, so we were actually around the same rank. In 1v1 we were pretty close and I um, I was beating him 5 to 3 and then he disconnected so I count that as a win and I hold that over him uh, forever but to get a real win it took a while <laughs> oh, okay yeah it took like a couple months I mean that's in the world of Rocket League that's not that long though yeah I will say that that playing with him really elevated me because it exposed me to that level of speed and game sense. So it really helped me to progress. And what what rank were when did you get like your first actual win against him in a one v one game? Mm, I can't I can't say the exact time, I don't remember. I could probably find a picture of it on my phone, but that what, would take a while. What rank were you? when uh, you beat him i believe i had gotten to champ when i started beating him like consistently and he was in gc and something else yeah he was gc in threes yeah i feel like you can get away with a lot especially in threes that can lead to you being a much weaker ones player mm -hmm. i think but in his were, case oh, you good. were only champ in ones though or threes. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think, I think I when I got champ, I got champ in in twos first, and then I got it in ones. 
I oh. think, I'm pretty sure that's the way it went. And, but every other rank has been 1v1 first. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there's definitely that disconnect. In his case, he was he's really good. He just didn't really play one, so I just had that that one sense. Yeah, and it was able to to carry me. Yeah, it's a completely different mentality, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. So so who's the target now then? Oh man, you know that I'm looking for one right now. I don't really have one. <laughs> he is. You're on the hunt. So do you feel like your motivation is is lower then? Like, where's how's your drive for the game or your your desire to improve? I I definitely think that I don't have the same drive that I had back then. I wouldn't say it's completely because I don't have somebody to compete with. Although I I do. I still compete with that that friend that was GC. We're around the same level in in twos and threes now. So you know I'm I'm trying to keep up with him. He's really good. Um, but. You know, real life happens too. I got a little bit older. Um, I I have to work more. I'm trying to take care of myself. So those mm -hmm. things kind of kind of come into, and I just don't have as much time for the game as I used to. As much sure. Time. Sure. Yeah. I completely understand that. So how much about how much time do you play like a week or every couple weeks? Uh, I will say these past couple weeks have been uh, a lot of Icarus for me because that game just came out and it's been my gem if anyone listening knows about it they know how addictive it is but you know before that i'm probably about 40 or 50 hours past two weeks that's my normal for rocky league okay so still a decent amount and you would yeah. you would say you're like maybe an hour training a couple hours playing on a consistent basis or does it just fluctuate depending on your mood yeah it definitely definitely changes on the day, but I'll, if I'm going to be playing for a few hours, I'll always at least do an hour of training, whether it be like the dribble challenge or shooting training packs in between games, going into free play and practicing something, stuff like that. And would you say that the training is really intentional training or is it just kind of going through the motions at this point? Like, oh, I know that I want to be spending some time training, so I'm going to be in this training pack, but it's not like really invested training yeah honestly at this point it is a little bit of going through the motions although i do focus on ground shots ground shots and aerial redirects because those are the things that are often overlooked and that no matter what you can always get better at because i mean i'm always missing open nets in game i think everyone does um, everyone has different standards for themselves right but Mm -hmm. uh, there's a, that's always something I could improve on. So I know that I'm not wasting time working on it. Totally. Well, and I, I think there's something to be said simply about keeping yourself in quote unquote shape of playing mm -hmm. rocket league. So spending the time taking those shots and, and really getting yourself warmed up or in that mindset really helps you be successful once you go into the games, whether you're pushing yourself to improve or not, just, you know, keeping yourself in that good shape helps a lot. I feel like, yeah, you definitely, uh, you definitely feel it when you're, when you're rusty, when you haven't been practicing. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about 
the process for you from getting to from champ when you got into champ at first to getting into GC? What were some of the roadblocks that you came up against? What were some of the big kind of revelations or things that you realized or training packs that you found little things that helped you get over the hump into that next big area of, of MMR and, and play. Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't remember the specifics of it. I think I just had to improve in everything, which is a really boring answer, uh, but it's the truth. Um, when I first started playing with with my GC friend, we'll call him Nash. That's his in-game name. Um, I I went quickly up in, in like a few weeks. I went from Diamond Two to Champ One, and after that, I started realizing like, man, like I could really make a push for GC. But it took me a while. I was I was in Champ for for several months, just focusing on on whatever it was that I noticed. I did look at my replays. I know that I did that for sure. Um, I was just focusing on the the fundamentals, like the flicks, and really the biggest thing is just patience and sticking it out because uh, it doesn't come in a day. It doesn't always come when you think when you think you deserve it. Um, you just have to earn it. You know, there's no easy way. I completely agree, and I'm wondering if you can. Because clearly you are somebody that is willing to put in the work to improve. And at the same time, let me ask you this. So now you're kind of in a state and you said it. So I feel like I can say it again, that you're, you're a little bit going through the motions, like you're working on something, but you're not necessarily pushing yourself to improve or get to like another level what do you feel like the difference is now between your training now and your training then? Like maybe mentality or how you're looking at things or what you're focusing on. Yeah, so you hit the nail on the head. That's the truth. Um, I'm kind of feeling the motivation to get better come back, but realistically speaking, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to keep climbing. I'm still gonna go for it, right? But I think the difference is that now I kind of know the fundamentals like there's not obviously I'm I have a long way to go on the advanced mechanics right but if you throw me a shot or if you throw me a pass or if you give me a setup for a dribble I kind of I kind of know what I'm supposed to do with that the difference is that now I want to be consistent so my training now is more to get me at the level of consistency and control that I need to be rather than teach me how to do new things. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Do you feel like you have figured out a way for yourself to really hone in or create that consistency for yourself? Yeah, it's just brute force. Um, so, you know, a lot of people have heard that you need to just grind it out and work on what you're lacking. But like, let's say, let's say you look at your replays and you notice that you're missing a lot of, a lot of ground shots or a lot of passes. So what, you know, what you need to do to, to fix that, to sort that out is just 
like spend an hour a day every time you play focusing on that and and eventually the progress will come like i know that from experience but it's hard to stay to stay motivated because you want to play ranked you want to your friends are hitting you up like hey where are you at so <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's hard to stay focused but if you really want to improve in something you just got to brute force it just keep going for it and another thing is to to keep trying new things in your training if like let's say another thing that that helps is to look at at pro players or really good players look at what they're doing so when you watch um like if you're trying to get better at ones watch a one show match and see the way that they shoot actually pay attention to it uh, watch the way they roll their car what kind, what part of the car they hit the ball with and then try to figure out in your own game you know if something if it if what they're doing doesn't look like what you're doing figure out why watch it mm-hmm. over and over again until you realize until you know why uh, the ball isn't doing the same thing when you hit it as when they hit it and that maybe if you can't see a difference putting yourself in that situation letting yourself screw up and then saying oh okay that's the difference yeah i think for me it's like i know there must be a difference because that's the way the game works it's not like some people just inherently have a different hitbox that hits the ball with more power it you know there's even if it's a small difference um you can usually find it but it does take looking for it carefully and i i think that i I think that's kind of why I say it is that there is definitely a skill involved in being able to see those things. Mm-hmm. Like not just being able to improve the skill of playing the game. There is some skill involved in just being able to analyze the game or reflect on the game or watch the game and really understand the differences in between what somebody like, you know, somebody in a Johnny boy show match is doing and what you're doing in your inter rank year ones games Mm -hmm. and that's that's an area where having a coach can really help you too um i have a guy that i go to for coaching Uh, he's a he's a very high level player so he can point out he can point out those little things that i wouldn't have noticed um and he can he can kind of guide me he and he's really good at explaining like the way to think about it that helps you get it if you know what i mean what rank is this guy he is a very high ssl well there's your there's your new guy (laughs) yeah it seems a little bit presumptuous though to be like hey man i'm gonna beat you one day but but yeah i i definitely do think it sometimes (laughs) some people could have told you that same thing when you were a new player talking to your silver friend that's true. <laughs> or a diamond player talking to a GC. I mean, now you're now you're just not giving yourself enough credit and getting to SSL is extremely hard. Yeah. I think I'm a little bit too realistic sometimes. You got to have that that drive. Sometimes you have to be a little bit crazy to reach your goals. So, I think I might adjust that after you pointing it out. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just got to get a little crazy. Mhm. I Yeah. I, oh. I want to go back to something else that you said and and see if you have any like expanding thoughts or any way to supplement this because you said it a couple times. Mm-hmm. You said you just have to brute force things. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, that can that I I want to find like the right way to say this mm-hmm. that it that that's a little loaded. Like if you told me to if you told me to brute force something, well then I can just go into free play and hit the ball around a bunch or just if if I do a thousand air dribbles off the wall by the thousandth one, I'm going to know how to do it, or I'm going to be able to do it really well, which mm-hmm. may not be the case because if I'm just brute forcing it, I'm just doing it over and over again and not necessarily digging into what's happening in those air dribbles. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I guess I should add a caveat, right? Like you still have to pay attention to what you're doing. Um, but you still, what I mean by brute force is just like, you just can't give up. If it's not, if it's not working for you, if you can't figure it out, you can't stop. You just have to keep trying, uh, keep trying it and change things up a little bit, change up your angle, change up your approach, change how you use your boost, no matter what mechanic and just see, experiment with things and work. Um, but the thing that I see a lot that that uh, leads me to say to brute force it is that, um, like some people say, they want to get better, but they're they're easily disheartened when things don't come easily, um, and that that's really what I mean when I say brute force it. You just have to push through it because you don't. It doesn't always come easily, or or when you think it should, and just keep trying different things and and finding out what works. I don't know if if you if you that was great. I I am catching what you're throwing. Do you do you have any experience or story that you can share in your own Rocket League journey where you wanted something to be there when it actually wasn't? Like you feel like you should have been at X, but you were still in this place, and that was frustrating or a little bit. hard on your ego yeah season 14 um season 14 i was at champ 3 and i was so convinced that that i was finally going to get gc and and everyone was getting gc right like we season 14 is is when a lot of people got their first gc tags because of how long it was um and it it really hurt when that season ended and i i didn't reach that rank but that's that's what I was talking about when I was saying you might you might think that you deserve something but you just have to earn it because the truth is I didn't earn it that season and it is what it is I'm not a season 14 GC right so looking back on that season what do you think it was or what were the what were the shortcomings in your game that kept you from that hmm I guess I would say just normal champ three things. I was weak on defense. I I wasn't clutch when it mattered. Just all around, I didn't have the skill that was needed in all in all aspects to to get the goal. You know, the goal of GC. Yeah. I don't disagree with what you're saying, and at the same time, there's. I think there can be a little confusion in it. And at the same time, there's a lot of value in it because 
Uh, and this is by no means something that I'm not happy with because I 100% think it's the truth. Like Rocket League is just a very round game. There are mm -hmm. lots of different skills that go into it and getting better at all of those skills usually correlates to you getting better at the game or getting a higher rank. Mm -hmm. But like, how how have you been able to continually improve in various facets of the game throughout the past couple of years that you've played? Because whenever I ask you a question about ranking up over the past little under an hour, it's like, well, you just get better at Rocket League and then you rank up or it's it's all the things. So mm -hmm. I guess, like, how how do you consistently do that? And then what are, I guess, what what do you look at personally as some of the cornerstones of Rocket League that you find it's important to be improving on regularly? I got you. Well, I'll try not to give a boring answer this time. I um, never said boring. Did I say boring? I might have <laughs> no, said no. boring, but it not actually boring. So No, no, you didn't, but I'll admit okay. it is a boring answer. Even <laughs> though I do think it's the truth. I 100% um, agree with you. And it is a little bit boring, but sometimes the best answers are boring answers. Anyways, let's hear it. <laughs> uh, so cornerstones. One of the reasons why 1v1 is so good is because it teaches you how to defend and how to attack like you cut out a lot of the I mean there is midfield play right but most of the game you're either defending or attacking directly right so the one of the things that will help anyone get better is learning how to time their defensive approach I think that's one of the things that that I had to improve a lot personally to get to GC and it's gonna be different for everyone right but and you know it's part reading the game because you have to know when that person is going to rip their shot and then you also have to be in the right spot so that when they rip your shot it's easy for you to reach it um i would always say uh, that if unless you're in a pro lobby or something if you're getting scored on or if you're in a tough situation it's because you made a mistake somewhere along the way um and yeah, there's caveats to that, but you know you have to manage your position defensively. You know when I'm talking about one v ones, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it also applies in twos and threes as a team. Um, you don't want to overcommit. I mean, it's easy to say overcommit, um, but basically, one of the things that that really worked for me was just not committing on a save until I absolutely needed to, and but an important thing was cutting down their angles with time so that once they did, once I did need to make the save, it was in a very, like, in a contained area where I could easily reach it. Um, so, and you do that by, like, um, well, my coach always says by cutting down the angle slowly. Like, you want to limit the, the angle that they're working with and the, the space that they work with. That's one of the things, right? Mm -hmm. Um Obviously, consistency goes into it too, right? You have to make sure that, that those easy shots in the training packs, you're hitting them, and you can hit them. So when you get that opportunity, it's just natural. You just hit it, right? Mm -hmm. um, I will say I watched a squishy video one time where he talked about 
being patient in defense, especially in twos. And that that video changed the way that I played. It kind of taught me that you don't have to go and challenge everything. Obviously, you need to challenge sometimes, um, and you do want to put pressure on the ball. But when you're, especially when you're last man, you do really need to waste time for your teammate to get back, or for your your teammates in in threes. Uh, if they both commit, then you need to learn how to absorb pressure, um, and give them time to get back and support you. Things like that. And I feel like something along those same lines is just how how easy it is to allow people to come at you, especially in where I'm at in, you know, maybe like right on the cusp in between champ three and GC, as soon as somebody sees the ball coming their way, it, there's such this strong urge that I got to go. I got to go at them. But if mm-hmm. there's not necessarily any danger in the moment, like, yes, especially in a three situation, if it's your turn to challenge, you want to challenge because that makes your teammates job a lot easier. But when you are that last person back and you're almost in more of a delay mode, sometimes mm-hmm. it can be easier to just sit at the back post and if there's if they're not able to set up a clear shot for themselves and they're just going to drive the ball into the corner, well, then why take yourself out of the play if you don't have to? Exactly. And that's something where playing 1v1 will help everyone because it helps you get a more solid understanding of how you can cut down your opponent's space, how you can pressure the ball on defense. And... Um, you really get better at not giving people dangerous opportunities. You're always you're always close enough. You're not overcommitting to the point where you can be, get beat, but you're close enough to make them know that they won't be able to get past you easily. Yeah, and I think finding the balance of how to do that effectively is extremely valuable. Yeah. That's where the brute force comes in. You just got to do it over and over again, whether it be in in ones or twos. Just keep practicing it and you'll gain that skill over time. Yeah. I think it it's it's a conscious brute force. Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, putting yourself in a situation enough times where you screw something up. For instance, and I I have a buddy that quote unquote sometimes listens to the podcast, but is a, is a pretty good chess player and is continue, continuing to rank up in Rocket League as well. But uh, I've been playing more chess recently uh, and he is much, much, much better at chess than I am. And we're playing a game right now on chess.com and I sometimes when he when I get a notification that he's made a move, I get so frustrated before anything happens because the game that we're playing right now he's clearly winning and i'm like i don't want to do anything but at the same time like i just need to i i make myself sit down look at the board think about my possibilities and just make a move because the more i delay it the more pain i'm going to go through the harder it's going to be and the less i'm going to learn like the sooner i can lose this game the 
the faster I can go back, look at the replay, see the mistakes that I made, and then get better for the next time. You have to, you have to take some L's sometimes to learn and then be able to create more W's in the future. Yeah. And another thing, I mean, I didn't think this through enough, but, um, when I say brute force, it's kind of a given that you're paying attention to what you're doing because at least if if you want to be a GC in Rocket League, obviously it's not a goal that's unattainable. It's it's very attainable, but it it doesn't come to just anyone that picks up the game. You have to really try for it. So, you know, it takes that that mentality. It it's kind of a given that you're paying attention to what um, to what you're doing and, and just not giving up. I think that's part of it too. You, ha- you do have to be mindful. You can't, you can't just keep doing the same thing mindlessly and wondering why, why it's not working for you. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing. And it, it takes humility to, um, to recognize that you're, you're not, you know, you're not where you want to be yet. And that's something that plagues a lot of people as they're trying to, to get better in Rocket League. It takes yes. humility to recognize when you're wrong and be willing to change it. Any anybody like you were saying earlier, a guy in one of your games that thinks he's like the, a gift to Rocket League. Anybody that thinks and and I I appreciate it where I I try and appreciate it where people are coming where at least, you know, I hope that they're coming from when somebody will like say something in team chat like, "Oh, you should have done this." Or, mm-hmm. you know, you could have done this. Like, I appreciate that. And we're in we're in the same rank for a reason. So I, I don't really need your coaching advice right now. Like, I, I know I'm making mistakes. Or when somebody thinks they're a gift to Rocket League, like, dude, you're in GC. Or you're in Champ 2 or Champ 3 or whatever. Everybody has had one in all of the ranks of Rocket League. Like, what mm-hmm. makes you think that you are on a pedestal when you are not even anywhere near the top 100 of this game. Stop it. Yeah. It, yeah, it's definitely frustrating. But that's that's an example of the mentality that you don't want to have, right? Yes. There's no doubt that holds them back. Mm-hmm. Speaking, speaking of uh, mentality, you seem to be a pretty uh, chill, laid-back dude. How... How have you managed to keep your, or maybe when you do get a little peeved or frustrated, how do you work yourself through those situations? Mm. Well, I'm definitely not perfect, right? Like if somebody trash talks me, you know, sometimes I'll trash talk them back. And and some days are harder than others, you know, you get frustrated. Sometimes you, it's just, you know, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed and when somebody would have saves you, it's over. Um, but I do <laughs> love, <laughs> especially if it was your mistake too, right? But I do love Rocket League and, and that keeps me coming back. You know, I'm not just going to quit because I had a bad day or whatever. It's it's something that I'm kind of dedicated to getting better. It's like one of my main hobbies and it's something that I love. And in my case, that's that's what helps me deal with it. And then if, you know, if the mature response, if you're getting tilted a lot, is just turn off chat. <laughs> that helps a lot. 
Do you feel like that love for the game was immediate or it grew over time? Hmm. Well, it's kind of like a real relationship, you know, like there is some kind of of love in the beginning. That's what kept me around. But it definitely grew. uh, Yeah, like you said, it it grew into something deeper over time where I'm I'm not going to put the game down. Yeah. Do you you don't foresee anything like I don't it's so hard to say because you know you could say oh I'm not going to put the game down for anything do you ever foresee like something getting in the way or or have you ever had a game that you've been so passionately invested into or like so engaged with in the past that has just kind of like slipped away a little bit. Mm. Well, one thing when I say I'm not going to put the game down, I mean, I I always what I mean is I always love Rocket League and I'll always at least play it a little bit, but I may not have I may not always have the time that I do now mm-hmm. to try to get better at it, but I always will love it. And I will say that that I think this game has been different than all the other ones that I've played. I used to play a lot of Minecraft with my cousin when I was little, but you know it's just not the same. It just faded. But I I really don't see that happening with this game. Maybe it will one day. Who knows, right? Yeah. Uh, but but for now, I, I just love Rocket League. Mm-hmm. You play any Minecraft at all now? Uh, just when friends invite me. Yeah. I don't play on my own. You've you've graduated to Icarus now. <laughs> yeah, I've been. That's kind of been my distraction, um, but I know it's like a short-term thing. I'm all, I'm always going to come back to Rocket League. That's the way I see. What it. is it about Icarus that is so engaging? Um, I think it's just what my friends have been playing, so you know I play it with them, and oh, we made a. There's always that pull for sure. Yeah, we've made a lot of memories, um, but actually. You know, my friends have kind of been what kept me in Rocket League in the beginning too. Um, after, after my friend got me into Rocket League, I got—I mean, I can think of at least uh, like four people that that I told about Rocket League, and they're all into it now too. So, and those are some of my best uh, real life friends. So, you know, they're always hitting me up saying, "Hey, man, let's run some threes. So that helps as well. How do your friends compare to you rank wise? Um they're all around champ right now. There's a few that are diamond. So it's it's hey Raptor, get on and and carry me for a few games. <laughs> yeah, I have I have an alt account. I'm not going to call it a a smurf because a smurf is when you intentionally derank. But I have an alt account that I that I play with them. It's like champ 1, champ 2. And, and that's what we do. It's pretty fun. What are the biggest things that you see in their gameplay that they could improve on if they wanted to like go up to champ two, champ three level? Hmm. Well, some of them are champ two, champ three, but just to improve in general, the big thing that I see is don't commit for everything. Like the the higher that you get in rank, not that I'm like the pinnacle of being good at the game, but like the more you advance in the game, the more you choose your battles. So you, you don't you don't commit for things even if it looks like you should. And like if you if you can sense that you're just gonna get beat, you turn around and 
and get back into position in defense. Mm -hmm. I think that's what would help most of them a lot. And they're getting better at it, honestly. I've been, like, every now and I'm trying not to be too annoying about it, but but I'll tell them, hey, man, like, you know, you should do this or this. Mm -hmm. uh, I try not to be too too pushy about it, but they are getting better. And also they're exposed to higher level games because sometimes we'll do in-house games like with my other GC friend and the level can get pretty high actually so um, they get good exposure through that too. Yeah and I feel like what you just said right there is a really good way of saying it just choosing your battles appropriately. One thing that I've noticed a lot you know once I actually started trying to pay attention in games that Squishy would play or on his YouTube channel where how often he would say, oh, that person was really patient or I can't challenge this now or I can't go for this now. And he would just turn around. Um, so I, I feel like, you know, that that really is a big piece of the puzzle is choosing your battles wisely and then how to reposition or position yourself appropriately after, you know, making those decisions. Yeah. And one more thing that's important is just big challenging sometimes. Like if you know you're going to get beat, then you don't want to commit to the play, but you also need to pressure the ball. Yeah. So you can kind of drive in and do a little fake challenge, get them to do something with the ball, but don't don't flip at it and then get back into defense and support your teammates. That That's a big thing. Nice. Really, really good tip to start winding down the show on. So, Raptor, any any final thoughts that you would like to leave with the the Infinite Boost audience? Yeah, I I prepared for this one. So, think about it. Think of your progress in Rocket League as like growing a plant. So, if you plant a seed, you're not going to be digging it up every day, wondering why it's not growing or not growing the way or at the speed that you would like it to. Um, do the same thing with yourself. Give yourself time, but keep watering that seed. Keep doing your, your free play. Keep doing your training. Keep uh, looking at your replays. If you if you want to get better and grow, give yourself time and don't give up. Jeez, yeah. You, you really were prepared. <laughs> Love to see That's it. it. Nice. Uh, where can people find you at on the internet besides the Booster Club Discord? Hmm. Uh, I'm on the ASAP Weekly Discord as well. I hang out there sometimes. Um, nice. I like playing in the tourneys and getting destroyed. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I'm not really active on Twitter. I have a Twitter, but um, I just use it for Rocket League stuff. Um, so I don't really have socials that, that anyone needs to follow, but um, yeah, I'll be around. If you ever want to talk Rocket League, feel free to hit me up. Excellent. And uh, last but not least... You know what to do. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> do I? Go for it. Mm. I'm not sure if I really know what to do after all. Oh, question for the audience. <laughs> okay, my question for you guys is, what are you doing with your Rocket League life? Look at it wisely. And determine for yourself... Do I want to get better or do I just want to play for fun? And what you do afterwards will depend on your truthful answer to that question.
That's about it. What do you feel like you're doing with your Rocket League life right now? At this point, I'm along for the ride and to take as many dubs as I can. <laughs> I want to get that put on like a a flag or something. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm along for the ride. I'm along for the ride and I'm taking dubs. <laughs> as many dubs as I can. I'm not yeah. going to... I'll probably never beat Squishy in the grand final, but... But that's okay. That's okay. That yeah. that would be a pretty tall order. Yeah. I would like to get SSL. That's definitely a goal. Do you think it's possible for you? And I'm not saying that with a like a a doubting mentality. I just mm -hmm. want to preface, or I it's, I can't really preface the question because I already asked it. Like mm -hmm. I'm effacing it mid question but like do you do you feel like it is genuinely possible for you yeah i do um so one thing if i may elaborate i don't know how you're doing on time i'm i'm doing great on time okay so i've i've played against uh ssls and players that are higher level than me like in in-house games and stuff and the thing that you notice is that their card doesn't move any faster than yours. They don't necessarily hit the ball any harder than you can, but the small things are so much better. It's those small changes. Um, if you remember the like the T-Bates podcast when you had him on, um, yeah, he said he said it's after GC two. It's the small things, and I'm I'm definitely seeing that. That doesn't mean that it's easy to fix those things, um, but you know, a pro player's card doesn't move any faster than yours. Um, I mean, it does because they're more efficient. But, like, you know, their their supersonic is your supersonic. So it definitely is possible, but you just got to put the work in. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I can't guarantee, like, you know, if somebody made me promise that I'd get SSL, I couldn't promise them in good faith. But I do think it's possible. Yeah, and I think what you just said is is super important uh that it's not a speed thing, it's an efficiency thing. Mhm. Mm yeah. Like SSLs um, are just more efficient. Yeah. So I queued into Tristan from E United one time. Mhm. Mm and say what you want about his pro career, right? Um it was it was kind of crazy cuz like um me and my or my buddy and I, he's like Diamond. He, uh, Tristan was playing with a, a lower level player as well. We actually, we beat him a few times, but whenever he got the ball, it was just game over because he had that efficiency and those mechanics to get it around us. Um, but it was kind of an experience like, you know, just because someone's that good doesn't mean that you should just resign to being beat by them. Mm -hmm. you, you can win. You know, just try your best. And I'm sure he wasn't tryharding, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it's just a reminder. You don't have to put higher level players on a pedestal. Just try to learn from them. Yeah. And, you know, I, th I think, especially in like a public lobby, getting put up against somebody that is that high of a level is an, a beautiful example of threat levels and being prepared for when they actually have to do something 
because whenever mm-hmm. whenever I get into a lobby with somebody that's like really really good, there's always this feeling that they're always there. Like mm-hmm. what they're, they're so fast, they're always there, they're always ready. But it's because they're not going for all the nonsense that isn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is good for them and extremely frustrating for the rest of us. Yeah, it's true, and the they're just so quick to make something dangerous. Yes. They don't give you any time to to cut them off. Right, and that's that's the biggest part of it. It's not necessarily that they're so fast. Like they're not doing anything when they're on defense because they're just waiting for you to give up possession. But when they get possession, that's when the scary stuff really starts. Yeah. Um, can I give one more tip? One more tip. If you want to play against really high-level players, then you need to grind casual and get, get your casual MMR up. Um, I'm I'm by no means a top 100 ranked player, but last season I was able to, to grind to top 100 in casual. And just every lobby, people were better than me. And just what was your casual close, MMR? It was in the beginning of the season. It was like, I think like 1990. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I, I kind of stopped grinding that and I went to ranked. But, you know, I even throughout that season, I still, every game was somebody or were people better than me. Mm-hmm. And getting the opportunity to be in that lobby and feel it for yourself it contributes to your development as a player so much. Yeah. I'm in the high 1700s right now, and those lobbies sometimes can be tougher than my ranked games, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of GCs in there. Yeah, definitely. Cool, man. Well, I'm glad that this worked out. Really glad that this worked out. Thank you for uh, sharing some time with me and and chatting i hope that you have a lovely holiday season uh and always raptor uh thank you for the boost hey man thanks for having me have a great night